so our dear friend Ali sent mm. in what I think is a good title for a game show. And the game show is called The Weakest Faith. <laughs> so this is the weakest link, but in faith. Yeah, yeah. You do have the weakest faith. Goodbye. <laughs> That's great. You could just go around, couldn't you? And as you go around the circle, people have to make statements of faith. Yes. And then whoever yeah. actually exhibits the most doubt during that time. <laughs> I think it's something that churches... Because a lot of people are are leaving churches at the moment. So I think I think one of the ways the church could strike back is by actually <laughs> voting out people. <laughs> like, preempt it. <laughs> I don't want to open no old wounds, but isn't that your story? <laughs> it kind of is. <laughs> I'm not sure it's for lack of faith, more different faith. Oh, okay. All right. Joe Davis, you are the weakest faith. Goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome, everybody, to episode 189 of the Mid Faith Crisis podcast. Why are you shaking your head at me? I'm thinking that is possibly the best intro you've done for a year or two. There was no hesitation. You went straight in with 189 like you trusted me and it was good. Well, that is good. Yeah, 189, that's a lot. Now, um, you know, we're my internet's been a bit flaky today, by the way. Has it? Uh-oh. And I think it's because we're between storms. Ah, yes. <laughs> Great night. Um, we, we are... I mean, I don't think anything could be more British than this. We're between Storms, Dudley and Eunice. Eunice, yes, great names. So, <laughs> We're scraping the bottom of the barrel now, haven't we? We've been doing this for a few years. Sounds like a couple you meet down the day centre, doesn't it? With Dudley, Dudley and Eunice. You could bump into them on the pier. That's not a storm. That's two elderly, lovely elderly people. <laughs> it's funny, I mean, what's going to happen next? We've got Frank and Gladys coming up. Have we also yeah. Think, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's been good. Anyway, so listen, we have had so much feedback. Don't you love our listeners? They like a laugh, don't they? <laughs> yeah. well, well, isn't the interesting thing? When you do serious topics and you ask for feedback, you get one or two. Yeah. When you say, send us theological concepts that could serve as names for cocktails, you're deluged. <laughs> you are snowed up. You break the internet. <laughs> or, or TV, alternative TV show. Yeah. <laughs> so we might as well get those out of the way. Let's do Let's do. OK, well, let's just march on through these. So some TV shows from uh, Tracy said... Uh, no cocktails come to mind, but I did come up with some alternative TV programmes that you could star in. For Nick, One Man and His God. I like that. <laughs> and for Joe, <laughs> I'm a celebrant, get me out of here. In fact, not the only person to send that title in. So sorry for the really? other person who did that. <laughs> oh, that's very Tracy good. Tracy got in first. Yeah, that's good. And of course, we've had The Weakest Faith, which I, I do like. Shall we move on to cocktails? Yeah, let's do cocktails. Yes, we've had lots of these. So, David, some of these come with descriptions and ideas from Greek, and some of them are just, you know, just names for cocktails. Yeah. So, David yeah, says, okay. first of all, the altar call. And he says, That's yeah, one. stone the heathen. This would consist of just ice, as we are 
we are that busy casting the stones we don't realize there's nothing else there <laughs> I like that stone the heathen it's just a glass uh, just a glass of ice that's yeah, good. That's good. big ice jane says can i recommend a calvary sour cocktail Obviously, it includes vinegar. Very good, Jane. Uh, Ali said she'll have an eternal damnation to drink whilst watching <laughs> the weakest thing. <laughs> that does sound quite tempting, doesn't it? An, an eternal damnation. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be served along the strip at Ibiza, isn't it? I mean, basically. Yeah, and there. you're only going to have one of them, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Jesse's... Although it'll go on a long time. <laughs> Jesse said, my suggestions for cocktails are one, a rapture, and then a blood, oh, yeah. a bloody lamb rather than a bloody Mary, uh, although that already <laughs> works, I suppose. <laughs> he says, a calling. Sounds like a beer. I'll have a pint of calling. That's um, good. Yeah, that's good, yeah. isn't it? Actually, I, thinking about it, the rev- revelation obviously supplies, you know, yeah. a, a lot of... No- I like the rapture. Yeah. The rapture, if you have a cocktail, the rapture, you sort of drink it and then you look around and you realise everybody else has left the table. They've all, they've all gone, and you don't know where they've gone. <laughs> yeah. But Revelation would be great grounds for cocktails, wouldn't it? I, I thought um, you could have the seven-headed beast. That would be good. Yes. Uh, can I have a whore of Babylon, please? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want that with spirit of the Antichrist in it? Oh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Liven up your whore of Babylon a bit. Excellent. <laughs> great. <laughs> Julia wrote in and said, a Calvinetto sour. For those who find the doctrine of the total depravity of mankind somewhat too unpalatable to be taken seriously. And an Augustino mocktail. Uh, a twist <laughs> on the classic mojito, but with no rum, because there must be absolutely no hint of raucous living. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then he said, finally, she said, finally, for a twist on the Godfather, try God's your mother. It's the same drink, <laughs> but with less negative connotations. <laughs> and then, And then this is one of my favourites coming up. Uh, Steve uh, Steve wrote in and said, how about sex on the beach? Brackets, but only if you're married. Close brackets. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, like I thought you could have sects on the beach. So as in S-E-C-T, ah, you know, as in Christian sects. That well, would be quite good. In a, in a manner of speaking, I already do. I just never... You do, actually. <laughs> yeah. so, oh, you should rename it. Yeah. Sect on the beach. Sect on the beach. <laughs> Come to my sect on the beach. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Aiden wrote in, says, "Great podcast this week, and I hope you get lots of cocktail suggestions." Thank you. We did. The only one I could think of would be the fires of hell, a flaming sambuca that you light in your mouth instead of the glass. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's good. I thought maybe a fire and brimstone wouldn't go down too badly. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Aiden also sent in some hymns, which was great. Made us laugh. Thank you, Aiden. Uh, Marcus says a round of born agains. Uh, oh, he said yeah. it'd be like a round of ja- Jaeger bombs. Uh, I'm not saying. It- <laughs> <laughs> Can you get the born agains lined up on the bar? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, you're so irreverent, all of you. Why? Why did you get that from? Anyway, and he says, I'm not saying it should be banned, too controversial even even for me, but I think a Lord and Saviour would be something Mm. that comes in a pint. Yes. And I was thinking, after I read that, I was thinking, actually, most of Paul's letters, I think, sound like breweries, sound like pints. Can I have a half a a Thessalonians, please? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pint of Galatians over here, please. Thanks very much. Yeah. <laughs> be great that's good yeah. and then uh, Charmaine wrote in dear Joe Nick 
I'd like to share a recipe which could possibly make it into the much-awaited Mid-Faith Crisis cocktail book. As a mid-teen miscreant, I would tap off a little from each bottle in my parents' booze cupboard so as not to be noticed. A little here, a little there, going unnoticed and adding to my hidden brew in my bedside cupboard. I like to call it the thief in the night as my... <laughs> this is great. As my parents should have been more awake to this clever intruder. This cocktail takes some time to make, but it's well worth it. It consists of two shots of martini, dry sherry, brandy and vermouth. Wait a week. Another shot of the above. Wait another week. Another shot of the above. <laughs> Repeat process until chosen receptacle is full. I seem to remember it tasted reasonable, but was mostly drunk for its recreational purposes. Blimey. <laughs> well done, Charmaine. Well done, Charmaine. I'm surprised you've ever so <laughs> Sobered up from that. That's amazing. Actually, the thief in the night actually can be quite good. A friend of mine is a funeral director. He's a, he's a real whiskey buff, real whiskey connoisseur. Mm. And he has this. He's got his own little barrel. I mean, it's not a full size barrel. It's just a small sort of what you might call a desktop barrel. And and the dregs of every bottle of whiskey he has, he pours in there, and he gave me a taste of it, and it was actually very delicious. So What's that it sort of. Blend, I suppose. He is, is, he's made yeah. his own blend, in effect. Yeah. Yeah, so there you go. Thief in well, the there night. You go. <laughs> See? Humorous and practical. Uh, that's what I like to make this podcast. <laughs> yes, um, well, exactly. thank you, everybody who yes, sent in brilliant. TV shows and cocktail suggestions. I suspect this will continue to run and run. But who knew? Who knew it was going to be that uh, that busy? So, uh, well, I suppose we should actually start the show now. Yes, please. Um, I suppose. Notices. Oh. Church notices. Well, uh, Lee Abbey. Um, yeah, Lee Abbey's coming up. It's not that long now, is it? Is it four months? It'll be over in four months, won't it? Something like that. Yeah, I think it will. This is this is great podcasting, sort of watching you look at the calendar. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm just trying to work it out. June the 6th glass. to the 10th. Yeah, I know. Well, yes. I've got reading glasses on. All right. Shh. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. We'd love to see you. I think there are still places available. So, you know, that would be great. Enough said, I think. Yeah. Mm. Okay, great. Mm. And, uh, well, we haven't even asked. We've just went straight into the cocktail. <laughs> yeah. So, how are you, my friend? Um, well, I could do with a cocktail or two, actually. Yeah, I know. It's quite thirsty. <laughs> I could do with a half of Philippians. <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, a Titus. Maybe two. I don't know. <laughs> Um, uh, well, I, I'm all right. It's everyone else. Isn't it? I mean, there's so mm. much COVID around. Lots and lots Masses of friends it. with COVID and including, as of two days ago, my mother, my dear oh. 96 year old mother who barely ventures out of her room um, has got COVID in her care. Oh, bless her. So, um, is, she, is she OK? Is she she's just... fine. She's just more fed up about being isolated. I tried to say, have you got a sore throat or lost her? She's more interested in talking about not seeing people. And not playing the piano, which of course is devastating for her. So yeah, so oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, other than that, yeah, it's just work and stuff. Oh, I went to see Death in the Nile. Death in the Nile? No, I didn't see it's that. A I... sort of crocodile movie. <laughs> yes, I yeah. know. Oh, and then I saw Death on the Nile, which was Excellent. better. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad it was better. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. I th someone told me it's being slammed by the critics. I loved it. I thought it was excellent. Oh, I mean, it's sumptuous photography mm. and great stuff. You know, sometimes these um, these ones with lots and lots of famous people in can can be a bit, you know, painful. But this mm. was great ensemble, really good. 
Um, beautifully done. I think Ken, or Kevin Branner, as we must now Kevin, call him, yeah, bless him. <laughs> is, is on fire at the moment. He's, <laughs> He's, oh, very good. Yeah, really fun. Really good fun. Yeah, it's good. So that's me. How are you? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Been doing lots of reading. I read a great book uh, called Jews Don't Count by David Baddiel. Um, and oh, it's right. about anti-Semitism. Yeah. Right. And it's absolutely brilliant. It's, it's looking at how anti-Semitism is like the sort of seen as a, as a as not not a bad racism you know like right. it's 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 not as bad as the rest kind of stuff okay or even it's not even racism it's at sort all. of acceptable face of it's, racism yes, it's yes. Just, yeah, and unbelievable. It's, it's really well written for funny as you'd expect really thought-provoking mm. um yeah i really enjoyed that that was okay. good um went to a friend's 60th birthday party now here's here's what's special about that is that we drank a bottle of wine that he and I had bought when we were on holiday together in 1999, and uh, we went to a we went on holiday together to the Loire, and we he, he went around all the mm. you know the mm. chateau because he spoke French. It was very useful, mm. so we bought wine and um, we bought this special bottle each in 1999 called uh, it's Cardachome. It's a kind of dessert wine. Oh, it's a ni- It's actually a 1983 Cardachome. Oh. And uh, so we he, he bought it out for this special occasion for his 60th and we drank it together and it was wonderful. And it was nice still, was it? Because that's it always really fantastic. disappointing if it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. They, they, this this one can go on and on, this kind oh, of... Oh, great. Uh, I've still got my bottle somewhere. So Have you? I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that Well, listen, opened. when you do open it, I'm here for oh, you. Okay. And I'm not yeah. saying anything, but it's my 60th in three years' time. Well... <laughs> Good luck. It was lasting that long. Now I've tasted it. And there's a daffodil out in my garden. Oh, well, that's good news. Which is a lovely thing. That is a lovely thing. I don't know why this year, but I, you know, I think some should recall previous years, not to typecast us, but you've been the one very much keen for spring, looking forward to spring. Mm, mm, mm. I feel it's reversed slightly this year. I can't wait for spring. I cannot wait for spring this year. I'm. Yeah. So, yeah. No, well, I do, you know, I won't be disappointed when it shows up. Don't get me wrong. I love it. No. Yeah. Well, it's because you're, you're accepting everything these I days. I am now. Days, I'm so, accepting you know. winter. That's what's going on. Yeah, Daffodils that's... are great, though, aren't they? They're just the happiest flower. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely beautiful... wonderful. So that's nice. So should we do some feedback? Shall we? Yes. OK, so let's let's get on. Peter says, uh, nice one, guys. For three weeks now, I've listened to you on a Sunday as part of my weekly rhythm. And and he says, and journaled too. That's impressive, mm. isn't it? Uh, he says, first up, my cocktail choice would be a double predestination. <laughs> <laughs> Even is. sneaks into the ordinary feedback I see now. Mm. And he says, secondly, on noticing being in the moment, when travelling on the bus... I've noticed that 80% of people are heads down in their phones. Instead, he says, I've tried to intentionally look out of the window and take note of what I can see passing by. It's surprising what that reveals and how relaxing it is. He says, the idea of collaboration, does this link back to a prayer you used last year of Lord, so what are we doing together today? Yeah, exactly Mm. right. That's exactly Mm. it. So that was was a practice from Renovari. You wake up in the morning and your first words in the morning are, Lord, what are we doing together today? And it's exactly that idea of collaboration, which is what we were talking about last week. Great. Thank you, Peter. Yeah, thank you. Great stuff. That is a good prayer, isn't it? I mean, that's a a good way to wake up. I think so. I think that's great. And the idea that you're consciously, intentionally sort of setting out into the day with God uh, together. I think that's great. Yeah. yeah. I find I have to do it 
with the coffee because my first thought is where's my coffee yeah. must have coffee <laughs> but well after you know that... i'm really i'm really enjoying that ritual that i talked about which i suppose i've always done but i've i've just been much more sort of noticing in the last couple of weeks as we've been focusing on attention and those little mm. moments mm. yeah that that first coffee this is a great time to, to start that i think yeah yeah great thanks peter and then uh, john says uh joey says uh, loved your epiphany on the pier connected strongly with me because of where god has been taking me recently living in the moment the gray the bright the dark savoring the thought that his spirit is with me today in whatever it brings in tears of laughter or tears of despair approaching christmas he says i decided to deliberately not look forward to christmas day Instead, I think God was encouraging me to be present in the moment of each day as Christmas approached. This meant I didn't perhaps miss what God was doing in the everyday around me and with me. In each day, this was mostly just ordinary stuff, like some birdsong or a story I heard about a simple bit of kindness shown. The sun shining, remembering my family loves me. God turning the ordinary into the extraordinary. But also God in the sad, the frustrating, the difficult thoughts... So, so thanks for sharing about your peer epiphany. I get it. Liberating stuff, he says. That's great. Yeah, thank, thanks for that. And thanks for just keeping that thread going, because I do think that's quite an important one, really. Well, I, I mean, it's an interesting idea, isn't it? Telling people you're not looking forward to Christmas on principle. Really. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> people are going, you're looking forward to the big day? No, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm practising mindfulness in the moment. <laughs> 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 that is a good idea because I'm I'm practicing looking forward to what's happening right now. Yes, that yeah, is good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it made me think because I'm reading another book at the moment called um, I think that it's called The Practice of Not Thinking, Ooh. and it's um, it's by a Buddhist guy, an ex monk, I think. Um, and one of the things he's he's similar to these emails, you know, that people sort of plug themselves in the whole time. Um, and uh, and he wrote. I've got a quote. Can I read you a quote? Yeah, go as, on. as you you know, yeah. Often we often share quotes. Um, he he said this. Since ancient times, Japanese people have had the ability to regard the sounds in nature, such as raindrops or water running or falling, as interesting subjects, and they've enjoyed capturing in art or literature the elegance of the natural world around them. But because new sources of stimulation are created and sought in modern times, they're losing such refined and delicate sensibilities. Shift your mindset from hearing to listening, seeing passively to seeing intentionally. Practice sharpening your five senses and you'll begin to feel a sense of fulfilment from contemplating things that may appear at first to be boring. Mm. And I really like that. Yeah. You know, that he goes on to talk about how sometimes your days don't feel all that exciting. But actually, if, if you unplugged and if you just really listened and if you really looked, there's so much going on all around you. Yeah, no, I, I think it's excellent. And I don't want us to come over as sort of really moaning old men about, oh, don't spend so long on your phone and don't do all this and everything. And I, I don't really want to tell anyone what to do with their phone or not do with their phone. But I know for myself, I'm trying to spend less time looking at it mm -hmm. and concentrating on the things I am concentrating on. So like that whole thing about, you know, you can watch telly and play a game at the same time, trying not to do that. It's about moderation, or, or not mm. moderation, that sounds awful. It's about balance, I suppose. It's about, like, you know, I like to go out walking and listening to podcasts. Not ours, obviously. I mean, you know, <laughs> who would? <laughs> I've got taste. Um, but, you know, um, sometimes it's good just to, to, to put that aside and, and just go out and listen to what's happening in the world all around you. 
because it's oh, yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sure. but yeah. thank you very much for all that. That's great. Um, now, in terms of actual content for the show this week, overrated. <laughs> yeah, we think it's overrated. We'd rather fill it with cocktail ideas. <laughs> There's a couple of things I want just to talk about very briefly. Mm. And I know you want to talk about uh, yes. something as well. Yeah, I do. So um, one of the things that happened to me this week was I went I went to do a 360-degree feedback workshop. Now, you know what this is. You know when you're in an organisation, you get 360-degree feedback. In other words, you get feedback from all around you, from different people, not just your boss right. telling you things. Okay, it's not that you have to spin in a circle getting feedback. Remember? No. no that's and different. I, the way I've been practising it is wrong. In other words, getting a group of people to circle somebody and just point at them. Apparently, that's, that's not technically, you know... Uh, anyway, so yeah. <laughs> although it could be you are the weakest faith, you have the weakest faith. Goodbye. That could work for that. Anyway, um, no. What was interesting about it with the guy was saying is that everything depends on how you go into it. The success of feedback, and he was talking about the difference between a spirit of um, curiosity against a spirit of compliance. Okay. So in other words, if you just go into feedback as something I've just got to do, I have to do this. You know, this is this is a work requirement. We've yeah. got to fill in the form, blah, blah, blah. You're never really going to get much out of it. You're going to tick the box. Sure. You know, yeah, but yeah. it's not actually practically going to help you. But if you go into it with this spirit of curiosity and you say, I really want to find out how I can be better at doing what mm-hmm. I do or, you know, where, where, where there are any issues. And, and actually, as I thought about that, I thought, well, you know, that's that's really what we talk about with discipleship, I think, in that sense. You know, if you if you think that becoming more Christ-like is just a spirit of compliance there, you know, you just yeah. got to get along with it. You know, I've got to I've got to be doing this because I've it's part of the deal. It's part of the job description, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. As opposed to a spirit of curiosity would say, well, you know, how can I be better? Yeah. How can Where I naturally the, do the right thing? Yeah. 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 It, it, I don't know, it just struck me, it just reframed the whole thing rather sort of a bit more positively okay. in terms of, you know, um, an, an approach to it. That you're, If we could be a bit more curious about our spiritual formation, you know, a bit more in, inquiring about it, I think that's better than viewing it as this kind of drudge or duty or s- something we've got, we've got to do. Yeah. Can I just check something with you? Because mm. your wife works at the same organisation as you. Yeah. Does she give you feedback on your performance? Oh, many, many, many feedback. <laughs> Is there a constant 360 going on? <laughs> it's a 720, mate. It goes right twice. Excellent. Not only that, she set up this training. But anyway, no, you know, it's. It, I just thought that's all that I've got this okay, week. No, really. I haven't good. got much more. Yeah, you know. no, that's good. I like it. What about you? Well, the thing that I was wanting to talk to you about is outrage. I mean, just... I can't uh, believe you've suggested Yeah, that. exactly. What? How dare <laughs> you? You want to talk about outrage? There's... I guess there's... Are we, are we as a society, getting more and more outraged? Mm. I've got a lot of questions. I don't expect you to have all the answers, but I... You know, there's so much to get outraged about, whether it's, you know, politics, our prime minister or even Putin, perhaps at the moment, you know, footballers that film themselves 
harming animals, kicking their cats are going to see. You know, Jimmy Carr jokes, anti-vaxxers, you know, deleting Spotify in response to that. You know, and, and, and then there's my own sense that I can get outraged about every now and then. Like, you know, communion has to be led by priests or, you know, men or whatever, whatever the, mm. the thing is, you know, just... And this is getting fed now, isn't it? More and more, I suppose, by social media. I mean, doesn't social media really run on outrage? I mean, don't don't they need outrage because it gets more hits and more more likes or more dislikes and therefore more advertising and therefore more money for someone somewhere, I assume. So I just wanted to know, you know, is outrage okay? Is it unhelpful? When is it healthy? When is it unhealthy? I just thought it's there's so much of it about it might be good to just for us to just bounce yeah. it around a little bit really and and also to gain some wisdom from the listeners about it yeah yeah sure. above all well <laughs> more useful yeah. yeah uh i mean i do think obviously that it's a it's a currency i think you're right i think there's been this sort of monetization of outrage mm. that you actually sort of uh, that it, you know you, social media is desperate to to keep fueling that, keep piling it on, so yeah. that you keep returning to it. And yeah. I, and I suppose what I've realised about that is that I don't know about about you, but outrage of a certain kind is is enjoyable. Yes. Yeah, particularly you know, you, when you feel there are more people with you getting equally outraged. Yeah, I mean it's basically. You know, like stoning people. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the modern an, it, equivalent. <laughs> it's a day out for the family. You know, um, it's it's a, it, there's a there's a you luxuriate in it. You feel some kind of sense. I don't really know why, um, unless it's that sense of you know feeling of someone else getting it and not you kind of thing. I don't know. Or yeah. or the sense of... Maybe it's a warped sense of justice. We all want justice. We all want... You know, one of the things that I am genuinely outraged about at the moment is the post office thing that's happened. Oh, you know? oh yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and So this is... For those that don't know about this, this is postmasters who were accused of stealing sometimes thousands of pounds. So were sacked, sent to prison, many of them, certainly had a criminal record only years later to discover that this was done by a co computer glitch that the post office even knew about. Mm. And that's the allegation, isn't it? That's the for, allegation. For, 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 for a long time. And yet there they were serving sentence in prison for something they hadn't done. Largest injustice in criminal history or something. Uh, that to me seems genuinely something we should be outraged about. You know, we should be... Uh angry to a point of doing something about it i suppose well yeah it's interesting you say because you know that's my what's the point of outrage mm. and and you, you've said it there i think because you you've got so angry that you so what are you going to do mm. rather than just having a rant about it on social media or or even just to me you know but like well, what what are we going to do about yes that? yes i mean it's it's a difficult one in a sense for me to talk about because part of my job Mm. is to outrage people. Part of my job is to tell people what's going on um, to Christians mm. around the world and to hope that they feel a sense of injustice, ang mm. you know, righteous yeah. anger, outrage, whatever you want to call it, enough that they'll actually, you know, do something about it. They'll pray or they'll act or they'll give mm. money. And so it's about what what's genuinely 
outrageous which is but the moment you say that you say well are the other things not wrong well of course they are wrong so yeah. you use the uh, the footballer guy i don't want to go yeah. into the details of you know i don't want to condone that at all but on the other hand it, you know it's a it's a video of somebody acting badly you know yeah. towards animals it's yeah it, very cruelly yeah yeah where's the scale of it here how do we yes exactly how do we decide because do you want to spend your whole time in outrage that's that's the I wonder what it does to your soul if you jump on the ba- every outrage bandwagon. Aren't you just going to end up exhausted? Well, do you, do you not think that's where we are though? Yes. Do, uh, you know, I think we've turned into a nation of rageaholics, yeah. where we just we just we and and the problem with that is you you're in a surfeit of it, and everything feeds it, and and you crave more. You can't get yeah. you can't get through a day without a drink at the fountain of outrage. You know, yeah, and, uh, and 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 you you go back to it. Um, so so I think that's a problem because in the end you 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 kind of maybe lose perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, Brexit was certainly an occasion, wasn't it, where where there was there seemed to be a real unwillingness on both both sides of that argument to really sensibly engage in dialogue because people were constantly fueling how stupid you are if you think we should mm. either remain or uh, we should leave you, there there wasn't there was, didn't seem to be much space for just reason kind discussion and talk mm. and i guess it wouldn't have got much airtime if there was because it's much better to have two people shouting at each other and calling each other idiots for their positions than than actually engaging insensible dialogue at least that's how it felt to me um at the time but you do see jesus getting angry don't you You see i mean he went into the temple but i i wonder how much of that was actually outrage because most of the stuff jesus did was always symbolic of you know something with a lot more meaning behind it i don't think he just went in saw the saw those people right right i'm so mad I, don't, I think I suspect there's more going on. Possibly. I mean, there are times when he's described as being angry in, yeah. in the Gospels. And it's often to do with, I think, people being exploited, mm. uh, either because they have been seen as ritually impure mm. or because in that case they're sort of making money out of uh, people's worship, which mm. they shouldn't have been. Um, and so I think there is an anger there. So I don't think it's the anger. Maybe it's the fact that what we do with it is we tend to turn the object of it. We dehumanise them, the object. We no longer see them as people. We see them as, you know, just an object to be stoned or, you know, or to be insulted or to be cast out of Twitter and never seen again or to be, Mm. you know, forever branded with this thing that they've done. Um, And... I don't think Jesus ever would have done that. I don't think that's how mm. he he operated. And that I think is the is the difficulty for us. Well, that's the challenge for me anyway, personally, is to make sure that I just don't see I don't dehumanize these people, whoever they are, whatever they're doing. Um you know, even within the example we talked about with the post office, mm. where there's people who are scared for their own jobs or scared of their own mistakes or fearful of their own position I mean, it's not an excuse or a justification but they, they everyone involved in it is human 
you know, and they're... Yes, exactly, yeah. You shouldn't lose sight of that, really. Um, I do think it's important outrage, actually. I, I wouldn't dismiss it. I think it's just that perhaps we need to get better at, um, you know, what what is what triggers it, in a way, um, to recognise its addictive nature. Yeah. What, what triggers it, um, 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 and perhaps the question is, the follow-up question when you find yourself outraged, is what is the action here? Yes, you know, absolutely. so some people for some people, you know, with the footballer thing, you know, my my action, rightly or wrongly, was I'm not pursuing this any more, and I'm not going to read any more news stories about it. You know, I think it's disgusting what's taking place, but that's not a battle I'm going to fight. I'm going to leave that for others to fight, and I'm glad that more high profile figures like Chris Packham and others, you know, are mm. are using their platforms to to champion a message about kindness to animals and everything. But mm. I didn't I didn't personally feel there was anything. I wanted to do about that or some of the other things but you know maybe within my sphere of influence I can do something about some of the things that happen in church that I feel outraged about perhaps yeah I think that's that's a good um, perspective I think the other thing is don't go searching for it I've done this yeah I've seen a story and I don't really go on Twitter anymore I've wiped it off a lot of my app my 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 devices but I there have been times when I've reinstalled it in order to go and look at what people are saying about a certain a certain you know, thing, yeah. Well, yeah. notably the government and their their very very important work meetings. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and those kinds of things. And and look, they were working that, very hard, Nick. Leave them alone. They were. No, they were the only them, ones. Yeah, it was a brainstorming session. I should imagine. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, you know, they. they uh, and so, so I've been aware that I've actually, like an alcoholic, I've kind of deliberately fallen off the 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 wagon and i've gone looking for uh uh, you know some outrage to fuel me yeah um i think it is good to to it's important that we do get outraged about the right thing yeah i think because otherwise it means we're not empathizing we're not we're not taking justice seriously so maybe don't go looking for it but when you when you do feel the outrage rising in you ask you know get to What's the action I'm going to take here? Yeah, I think that's good. And remember, whatever your your whatever's happening, everyone involved is a human being, loved by God and made in the image of God. And um, yeah, however, whatever their views and however they're behaving, that's there's always more to understand about that. I think uh, that's good. Yeah. That's so right. I think it's about the systems, isn't it, for me? I mean, taking a bigger thing. I, I, more and more I'm thinking about this idea of principalities, powers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Because I think, you know, without wanting to go down sort of roots of, of uh, you know, demons and all this kind of stuff, I do actually think it's we, our battle is spiritual. I do think it is. In, you know, it's about more than just what people do. Oh, well, you saved that for the end, and now there's a whole load we can say. We'll come back to that. Well, it's possibly because I've been drinking a pint of Ephesians. I'm not <laughs> sure. There's a great writer called Walter Wink, and you don't want to say that name wrong, who wrote about the powers. And, um, and uh, yeah, so Wilter, as we used to call him, um, he's got some great stuff around around that. And, um, yeah, maybe we should. Yeah, just... we should. I, I loved that book, that stuff. I found that really powerful. Yeah. Yeah, very helpful. Great. Well, listen, 
thank you. And I would love to hear, um, I really would love to hear from listeners, you know, if, you, if you've got any thoughts about outrage, do do send them in to joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to hear from you. That'd yeah. be good. Or indeed anything else, cocktails, TV shows, all the, all the really important stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We are going to branch out into TV production or a cocktail bar. One of those pretty soon, I think. Indeed. <laughs> um, thank you ever so much for listening as ever. Thank you to everyone who supports the show. Uh, that's really generous and kind of you. Uh, we appreciate it. Yes, thank you. And uh, we'll, we'll we'll be back next week. Now it's pretty soon. We're going to take a break, aren't we? Because you're you're going away. I am, but not not for a while. Not for a while. Not till not till the end of March. We've got loads of time. Oh, okay. So we're we're build we're building up to it. So uh, that's enough for now. How how are we going to end this? It's a very mixed bag, isn't it? Yeah, it has been. But but let's go back to that that question because I think it's such a such a helpful one, which is, what are you and the Lord up to today? I think I just love that collaborative approach, using your power with God's power, joining together. What are you and the Lord up to together today? I think is a, is a good perspective. And if you're outraged, perhaps the two of you can. Um, do something about whatever you're outraged about. Excellent. Uh, well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. See you then. Cheers. Bye.